Hi, everyone. It's me from the future after I recorded this episode. So here's the thing. If this episode's audio sounds worse than it normally does, it's because I forgot to plug in my microphone, unbeknownst to me, while I recorded the whole episode. Therefore, it's just my built-in laptop microphone, unfortunately. So I do apologize, and I thank you for sticking with me. But frankly, I'm not re-recording a 40-minute episode. I just can't. So thank you. I'm sorry. I love you. Please enjoy the episode regardless. It's very content-dense, even if the technical quality is amiss. Love you. Hi, I'm Stephanie, and this is Real Housewives of Neopia. Together, we're going to re-explore some dark depths of pop culture, most of which you've woefully forgotten about. So much has changed since we last spoke. For one, I started covering Rock of Love Charm School on my Patreon, got my first vaccine shot, and I became a Riverdale head. Sad but true. It's foolish, but if you love a teen melodrama, I highly recommend it. There's people coming back from the dead, organ harvesting cults, evil dolls, so much more. It has everything and nothing that you could ever want. I'm now on season four, and my interest was starting to wane, but they yanked me back in because there was a subplot inspired by the documentary Tickled. Most excitingly of all, however, this episode will contain two recaps since I took last week off. More selfishly, I just wanted to continue watching season two of VPR, but I think the decision is mutually beneficial, right? It serves both of us very well. So let's dive into season two, episode three and four. As we kick things off, Lisa is micromanaging flower arrangements at Sir. Jax is swinging by for his check. He and the gang are headed to Lake Arrowhead for the weekend and therefore taking time off, hence why he's making the stop. Lisa's confused that they're all taking the weekend off at the same time and is confused as to why. Jax explains that he needs to make things right with Dana. Dana is Stassi's mom. Per Stassi's insistence, he needs to apologize to her before she even considers taking him back. Both me and Lisa find this concept confusing. He asks how she'll manage without them, and she's like, I've managed for almost three decades without you, so I'm pretty sure it'll be fine. As usual, Jason's self-perception is quite inflated, but that's part of why he's so hypnotic to watch. After that, we get the Lake Arrowhead rundown from Stassi. Basically, her mom lives there, so she visits once a month. It's normally a peaceful getaway, but this time she's bringing all the people she typically wants to get away from. 
So it's Stasi, Katie, Kristen, Tom Sandoval, and Jax. There's also another purpose to this trip. Tom's band, Pierce the Arrow, is going to be playing a music festival, which is major. At this point in time, I think Tom was really trying to make Pierce the Arrow happen, so this is a huge deal. As everyone loads into the car, Tom takes it upon himself to tell everyone about the fight he and Kristen just had, while Kristen's sitting next to him. He describes it as a horrific argument. I can't imagine being Tom or Kristen in this scenario, like I could never put myself on blast like that, but that's just the way this group does things, for our viewing pleasure. According to him, Kristen threatened to break up with him because he was late coming home from Braden's and did not pick up face wipes. Honestly, anyone who refuses to procure makeup wipes is doing you a favor. Consider double cleansing with a balm, oil, or micellar water. You'll thank me later. But she's like, I didn't threaten to break up. I just asked, why are you even with me? This episode is peak Kristen Tom toxic energy, and I'm fully enraptured. Everyone is involved because they have no choice in the matter. So Stasi starts yelling at Tom because she has to deal with hearing about this every day. She's like, this isn't really what you're fighting about. You're fighting about the fact that you cheated on her. Likely true. Katie's also at her limit with their drama, and she doesn't understand how Kristen is still a willing participant in this psychosexual thriller of sorts. Nothing at all is resolved, but we're welcomed to Lake Arrowhead with some scenic shots. No offense if you're a Lake Arrowhead resident or stan, but it does not look like my cup of tea. It reminds me a lot of the New England beach towns that I grew up in, even though it's on the West Coast. Their first stop before they even drop their bags off or anything is the beach. Despite that venue, Jax is keeping a long sleeve shirt on because he doesn't want Stassi to see the tattoo of her signature. That's what he says, but more realistically, I think he's just trying to draw attention to himself so people will be like, why are you wearing a shirt? Take your shirt off. We want to see your tattoo and then act like he's being forced into it. So everyone's asking to see it, which I firmly believe is exactly what he wanted. There's a lot of back and forth because Stassi's like, why are you being so secretive? Eventually, she demands to see it and is speechless. She's not disgusted, though, when she asks, why couldn't you have done this when we were together? Unfortunately, I'm exposing myself here, but I have to be honest. I would enjoy the power trip, just like Stassi is. While she digests the news, Jax and Tom go paddleboarding. Katie asks Stassi if this softens her at all, and she's like, yeah, this is a big deal. It definitely wouldn't soften me if the circumstances were the same, but I would feel powerful and think it's funny. She really doesn't want her mom to find out, though, because it's deranged. Well, she knows that her mom will have to find out, but she wants to be the one to tell her. Even Stassi can see how deranged it is, despite how much she's reveling in this. They head over to the house finally, where we get a little of Stassi's background story. 
She grew up in New Orleans till Hurricane Katrina happened because they lost their house. So her mom moved here. Although Stassi never lived in Lake Arrowhead because she was on her own at that point, she says it still feels like home. While they're unpacking the car, we also see Jax brought a giant container of protein powder, like Costco-sized. He's nervous to hang out with Dana for the weekend, as he should be. Everyone's just settling in before dinner, and Jax is feeling confident. He's like, that tattoo reveal couldn't have gone any better. She teared up. The worst tattoo just became the coolest tattoo because honestly, it like means something. Elsewhere, Stassi is breaking the news to Dana about that alleged coolest tattoo. Dana's appalled. She's like, why would he do that? Stassi also explains the horrible date they had the evening prior just to validate that she isn't leading him on. He just did it because he's a fucking freak. Dana has an uncomfortable feeling because she can tell that her daughter is, like, living for this. We're now back at Sir, briefly. Lisa, Peter, Natalie, and a wine rep named Jamie are tasting wines. Right off the bat, Lisa is unsoothed by the screw-top bottles. She craves the pop of a cork. She thinks it's necessary. I get it because I live for a festive moment. But screw-top bottles, for me, are a huge relief. When they're discussing the importance of the pop, Lisa's like, romance is what we do, look around. I'm picturing that clip captioned with the headline about the woman who got diarrhea in the dining room. I'm not going to take the time to make that meme myself, but go nuts if you feel like it. You're most welcome. It's a pretty nothing scene, except we learn that Peter loves Cabernet. Lisa says he's never met a Cabernet or a waitress he doesn't like. I hated that so much. Imagine the owner at any restaurant at, like, TGI Fridays being like, yeah, the manager likes to fuck his staff. Like, it's cheeky and cute. They settle on two wines out of the four they tasted, and that's that on that. Back to Lake Arrowhead, which I wrote, looks boring. Dinner is wrapping up, so they're getting ready to go out. Dana asks Jax if he'll stay behind for a chat. He's like, does it make you feel good? I've had anxiety about this all day. And pours them both a shot. Dana's straight to the point. Tell me how you hurt my daughter. When he starts explaining himself, she just keeps going, why? At least she seems to be a little more concerned about her daughter's feelings versus Jax's earning potential, like we saw with the dad. We also find out during this conversation that Stasi was looking at wedding dresses before everything went down, and as a couple, they were looking at wedding rings. Bone chilling. While Jax pleads his case, Dana just won't let up. He isn't even looking at her while speaking, which she calls out. She's like, look at me. It concludes with her just saying she'll tolerate him for the evening and they can figure it out from there. They, of course, do another shot together as well. We're back at the manager roundtable at Sir Wine Tasting for now. Peter tells Lisa that Sheena's been bothering the other waitresses. 
There's always some sort of physical ailment, and it's always the end of the world. They basically think that Lisa's babying her, to which Lisa says she had a broken foot and no teeth, for God's sakes. No teeth. Peter continues trying to convey everyone else's frustrations. And is like the consensus is that she's exaggerating and using things to her benefit. Lisa wants to tell Sheena the other girls hate her anyway, so stop giving them ammunition. The conversation resolves with Peter vowing to keep an eye on things and calling it out accordingly. Back in Lake Arrowhead, the gang's headed out to get fucked up, Stasi's mom included. They're at a restaurant called Papa Gallo's, which looks like hell, based on the demographic. The cast of VPR really fits in there, let's just say that. Kristen is slamming shots while Dana engages Tom in conversation. He's wearing a striped shirt, so it's inviting comparisons to Where's Waldo? A truly magical moment is soon to come. I completely forgot about this, and I can't believe that I did. He's talking about these steampunk glasses he bought that would really complete the look, and this enrages Kristen. She's like, you bought them like two days ago. You aren't suddenly this person. It's not like you wear them all the time. Tom's keeping pretty cool and trying not to engage, but she keeps going. You're like, I'm known as this person. I'm the steampunk guy now, and you're not. I have these steampunk glasses that I wear. You haven't even worn them yet. Everyone's silent, but Tom just says, I love you. Kristen is unsoothed and angrily just goes, thanks, babe. My mouth was agape. I seriously cannot believe I forgot about this steampunk argument. Tom and Jax head to the bar for a little separation. Jax is telling him that it's really embarrassing. Honestly, Jason, speak for yourself. The girls are giving Dana all the tea. Stassi's like, this is every single day. In her confessional, she says Tom is a piece of shit cheater, but she does feel bad for him because Kristen's ruining his big weekend. Kristen is slurring at Dana about how she just wants to be a priority. Katie has reached a point of dump him, but Kristen says it isn't that simple. My feelings about this are complicated for reasons I can't get into because it would spoil things. There's just a lot more that goes on between them that we aren't privy to as the audience yet that muddies things. Regardless, Kristen was still cheated on and that's fucked up, so I do feel her pain. After Papagayo's, everyone is getting ready for bed. I gasped so loud at how hard Katie is scrubbing her face and the noise. You could hear how hard she was scrubbing. Once again, please invest in a balm, oil, or Meissler water. It doesn't have to be like this. The girls are sharing a room and the guys are sharing a room. So Tom is playing guitar in his, which Kristen demands he stop. He's like, okay, then he tries to hug and kiss her goodnight, but she physically recoils. He leans in for a peck, and she's like, it's weird. Why are you doing this? He's like, I just want to say goodnight to you. They go their separate ways, or so we thought, till Tom busts in Kristen's room. He's like, actually, we do kiss before bed. Katie begins to interject, and Tom was like, I was talking to my girlfriend. Then they get into it. 
He's like, let me throw you under the bus too about how you and Schwartz fight all the time. Katie just responds, try not to fuck a girl in Vegas. He tells her, fuck you. She demands he walk home. He's like, you would say that. And she's like, yeah, I would say that. Sweet dreams, everyone. The next morning, Stassi and Dana have another check-in about Jack's, a state of the union. She asks Stassi how many mistakes she'll allow Jax to make, but Stassi says she'll make a decision soon. She knows that she has to. Her mom continues to hammer it in her head that Jax cannot be trusted, which seems like a reasonable assumption. In the other room, the devil himself is playing video games with Stassi's eight-year-old brother, Nikolai. They have a great rapport, they clearly get along great and have history, but Nikolai is privy to the relationship dynamic. You know, I'm not one of those people who, like, hates children or anything. I'm not obsessed with them, but I really do not enjoy precocious child reciting written lines content. Like, I could really do without it, so I'm not going to break it down any further. Back at Sexy Unique Restaurant, Christina Kelly is filling sweetener caddies. Lisa's confused because Sheena's on the schedule, not Christina. When she asks Christina about it, we find out she's filling in because there's something wrong with Sheena's eye. Lisa's like, you mean her foot? And Christina's like, no, that was before. Now it's her eye. Even though Lisa just leapt to Sheena's defense in that convo with Peter, It seems like it's all coming together for her now. She understands Christina's frustration because Sheena never perseveres and always wants people to feel sorry for her. As they continue chatting, Christina says she doesn't dislike Sheena, but she dislikes her reactions and things that come out of her mouth. Lisa goes, like her tooth, and they share a laugh. We'll be back soon, but it's Lake Arrowhead time once again. Much to my chagrin, Peter and Tom Schwartz show up. They're all out for brunch or lunch or some other daytime meal when Kristen demands that Tom apologize to everyone, and he does. He says he was out of line, then he explains he was hurt from being rejected by Kristen. He went to talk to her because he was so upset, but Stassi and Katie received the backlash, and he's sorry about that. For a reality show apology, especially Vanderpump Rules, I honestly thought it was a decent one. Kristen's like, that's all I ever asked for. In front of everyone, Tom breaks down in tears and is like, I'm tired of arguing all the time. Kristen doubles down on her previous statement. This is all I wanted. Apparently, this is right before his sound check because he leaves to do that immediately after this stressful outing. We'll see the exciting conclusion shortly, but now we're back at Sir. Sheena enters in the biggest glasses I've ever seen in my life. If you don't watch the show and you just like hearing me speak about it, Sheena has never worn glasses up till this point. Apparently, a contact scratched her eye. Lisa pulls her aside and outright tells her, stop playing the victim. Then she launches into this monologue about how she once had two blood transfusions and still worked the next day. I can't decide if that's true or not. 
I also have complicated feelings about this because I hate, like, bootstrap culture. I don't know if that's an expression in other languages, since I know some people that listen to me aren't native English speakers, but people who are like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, basically saying, like, even if you're dying, you have to rise and grind. People who just act like you need to hustle and grind no matter how bad or ill you feel. That's how I was raised, and it definitely was detrimental for me. However, I do think Sheena is just being a stunt queen, so the criticism applies here, even though I have an issue with the larger culture. She appreciates where Lisa's coming from and isn't that upset about it, although she does disagree. We're finally at the Pierce the Arrow show, which sounds like One Tree Hill music. Speaking of One Tree Hill, I cannot believe that Chad Michael Murray was supposed to be someone's father on Riverdale. Of course, we found out he wasn't really a father, and that was actually his wife, disgustingly, but I digress. While watching Tom perform, Kristen is reminded of why she loves him. She's at the front of the stage by herself doing rock hands and said she wouldn't trade this for what Stassi or Katie has. They've now fully reconciled and are being super lovey-dovey. Stassi's unconvinced and says she can see them years and years from now continuing to cheat on each other and lie to each other. For now, though, they seem in love. They're watching the next band perform while being all cuddly. When that's all said and done, Jax and Stassi hang out alone by the fireplace at her mom's house. They've had many amazing trips there before, so it's all bringing her back. She feels uncomfortable and tells him as much, but Jax asks if he should continue to try righting his wrongs. She's like, it's going to take time, the same way it goes every time he pulls that stunt. He asks her for a hug, and she's half-heartedly like, I guess. Then he asks for a kiss, which is super awkward. She does accept, but it doesn't seem like she's into it at all. That's where things leave off, so time for the next episode. It starts at Kitson. I forgot that Jax modeled for latter years Kitson, but it makes a whole lot of sense. Even though he's been modeling for 10 years, he says he wants something else. So continuing to model now is just a way of meeting contacts because he wants to learn the ropes of the fashion world. This is brand new information. Another model is present for the shoot, a pretty blonde girl named Malia. Malia is hitting on him enthusiastically, which I feel must have been prompted by producers. He said that a few years ago, he definitely would have slept with her, but all you can think about is Stassi. By the way, the clothes they're modeling are horrific, as you would expect from Kitson in 2013. The street views that follow show more horrific clothing on mannequins, this time in the manner of digitally printed leggings. Kristen and Katie are coming from a Pilates class to meet Stassi for lunch, who snuck them in mini bottles of wine, because wine isn't served there. We find out that Kristen's two-week suspension is almost over, and she's not thrilled. 
The reprieve has been nice, but she can't continue to vacation on her savings. She and Stasi are both huge advocates of getting suspended. It switches over to Tom and Jax, but it keeps switching back and forth, so we'll be back with the girls in a second. They're at Hugo's Tacos, which I have to say looks better than Papagayo's. When Jax tells Tom he did a shoot for Kitson, Tom says, dude, that's sick. They're talking shop, mainly about poses and the model, Malia. He's patting himself on the back for not fucking her, basically, but said Malia's mere existence will make Stasi homicidal. Back with the girls, Katie demands to know what happened between Jax and Stasi. She's like, we didn't make out, he asked to kiss me. Then she says something very profound, which is that he'll probably use it against her. She foresees him being like, I got a tattoo of your name, I kissed you, how could you not want to be with me? At Hugo's, we find out that Tom and Kristen also just had amazing sex. Everyone is shocked, but it comes up in conversation with the girls as well. Katie says they're not fixed, but if Kristen's going to pretend they are, then great, because that'll give everyone a breather for a bit. Tom's telling Jax he's been trying to make more time for Kristen because he loves her and he wants the relationship to work. Jax has little confidence. Later at Sir, Christina approaches Jax to make Lisa a jalapeno margarita. She does the straw test when he finishes, which if you don't know, is just dipping a straw into a drink then licking the straw so you can taste it without actually consuming the alcohol. She's like, this is disgusting. Lisa's going to hate it. But she takes the drink over anyway, who does end up hating it. They're talking about Kristen's impending return, which no one's looking forward to, especially Lisa. When she asks for Christina's thoughts, she's like, I could do without her. In a rare Christina Kelly confessional, she tells us the air was cleaner without Kristen. She smells like old coffee and cigarettes. This has never left me because it's all I can think about whenever I see Kristen. Stasi approaches Jax at the bar next because she needs his help framing and hanging up a painting. The conversation quickly turns to the modeling shoot he did, which he's being evasive about. So she asks, were you the only one? And instead of just saying, no, I wasn't, he goes, I knew you were going to ask me that. So it turns into a fight. Stasi gave him a list of conditions if he wanted to get back together, and this apparently was in breach. She doesn't trust him to model with women, and I can see why. So she storms off to the back alley, but Jax follows. He's like, what did I do? What did I do? And she reiterates everything she already said. As predicted, he starts throwing things in her face. Jesus Christ, I branded myself for you. Why can't you give me a chance? It's a year ago. It's all water under the bridge. This causes Stasi to see red. The usual pattern of him being like, just tell me I have a chance with you. And she's like, I don't know. This is not what I want for my life. Now we're checking in with two other people who shouldn't be together, Tom and Kristen. For now, things are a little lighter with them. He bought a bunch of new decor for their apartment and flowers that match her romper. 
She's really excited that he's trying. They're enjoying a cocktail on the couch together while discussing her return to Sir. Tom encourages Kristen to just tread lightly with Lisa and explain she was going through a hard time. Kristen doesn't feel she owes further explanation, but she does need her job. She says, my friends and my life are there. Can you imagine? She doesn't want to go back, but has to, simply because she needs a job. Jokingly, Tom says he'll have to take back all this stuff if she gets fired, but they share a genuine giggle about it. It's very strange to see them vibing and getting along. I truly forgot what it was like. Back at Sir, we discover the new bar is finally finished. It's hideous, but it's finished. Lisa's strategizing with Guillermo and Natalie because they'll need more bartenders now. Everyone says, fuck men, we need a woman bartender. So Lisa suggests bringing over Ariana. Remember, we met Ariana at Sheena and Pandora's joint birthday party. She was also one of Sheena's backup dancers last season. We learned that Ariana has worked for Lisa at Villa Blanca for over two years, so she's a promising prospect. We'll circle back soon, but for now, it's time to visit Stassi's apartment with Jax. He enters with wine and sandwiches, but she's still deeply annoyed with him. We learn more about his desire to break into the fashion industry, because he's telling her he's only modeling to build client relationships. Apparently, he wants to start a sweater line, and Stassi says what we're all thinking. Just because you wear sweaters doesn't mean you can just make a sweater line. He doesn't take kindly to it, and she asks, why keep trying if I cause you so much stress? Then she asks the rhetorical question, do you think we could really ever be better? And he's like, yeah, I hope, like a year down the line. She's like, so you're just not going to have sex for a year? And he says, I'll just watch a lot of porn, which apparently is a well-documented habit that Stassi's aware of. She's unbothered by it, but brings up his penchant for the BBW category. There's a lot to unpack there that I don't even feel I'm qualified to get into. Jax is fumbling around with the task at hand, which is framing and hanging the painting. Stassi ends up doing most of it and is like, I don't know why I even had you come over. It's just like old times, me doing everything. It's now time to meet Ariana officially at Sir. Lisa's interviewing her, but says right off the bat how great she is. She's reliable, honest, she shows up, never has any problems, so she won't fit in here. In her first confessional, Ariana says she thinks everyone at Sir is insane, but the bartenders do really well, so she's willing to withstand that for monetary gain. Sheena is also her actual best friend of several years. Lisa asks if she has any complications with other employees, and we discover that Kristen hates Ariana. This doesn't phase Lisa because she's like, that's not an unusual situation, so just don't interact with her. It's fine. The root of this issue is Ariana and Tom's friendship because they work together at Villa Blanca. 
Her impression is that Kristen's insecure, but she aims to stay neutral and won't seek out conflict. Guillermo tells Jax about Ariana, who immediately inhabits a messy queen persona. He brings the rumor of his best friend and Ariana fucking to the forefront of everyone's minds, while simultaneously saying, I don't want to spread any rumors. In his confessional with a shit-eating grin, he's like, I haven't seen with my own two eyes Tom having sex with Ariana. Let's just put it that way. Excited to continue spreading gossip, he immediately tells Stassi, guess who's starting here? Ariana. And Stassi's like, why is that an issue? I like her. Jax is like, I just thought her and Tom and Stassi's like, are friends. In her confessional, she says Jax once told her they fucked, but he never has details and also lies constantly, so she doesn't really know what to believe. Shortly thereafter, Kristen stomps into Sir. Someone please make a supercut of Kristen stomping into places. Natalie clearly is not happy to see her. She's like, why are you here? Kristen's like, it's been two weeks. Natalie's like, two weeks already? Really? No, but much to Natalie's chagrin, it has really been two weeks. Lisa has another sit down with Kristen, which I feel is unnecessary. Like, haven't they been over this? But she tells Kristen she had to make an example out of her. Otherwise, people would think it's acceptable. Kristen bites her tongue because she doesn't want to get fired. Lisa then tells her Ariana's coming to work at Sir. Kristen's like, I love Ariana. Kristen in her confessional is like, I hate Ariana, but I have to be the bigger person and stay on Lisa's good side. Lisa can tell she's lying, but they wrap up with a hug that makes Lisa wince. And she rolls her eyes after Kristen walks away. Tom checks in with Kristen to see how it went and gives her a hug. I know that he's clearly a horrible boyfriend to Kristen, but Tom Sandoval's the only one who I ever see treating his girlfriend with any sort of warmth. Again, I realized he just cheated on her, so I'm not excusing that or saying that he's, like, a sensitive king. But with Jax and Schwartz, we just see obsession and contempt toward their respective ladies. I'm just saying that Tom Sandoval is the only one who seems to like his girlfriend, though obviously not enough if he's cheating on her. Kristen feels great about everything because she says she and Tom are so solid. Now it's time for a dinner scene with Ariana and Sheena. Let me give you the inside scoop before I proceed. Recently, I learned this scene was filmed after the rest of the season because they needed a scene to introduce Ariana. So even though I think she and Sheena come off horribly here, no matter what, that context does change things. Sheena's so excited to finally have a real friend at Sir. She says Ariana has a dry sense of humor and she just loves everything about her. As they're cheersing to Ariana's new job, we'd explore the Kristen of it all further. Apparently, she's always had an issue with Ariana, and Ariana says she's a bipolar crazy person who needs medication. 
Ariana has since changed her tune and become more outspoken and informed about mental health issues, including her own, but that was rough. Presently in 2021, I love Ariana, but she was my least favorite on the show for a while. Sheena brings up the rumor mill, which Ariana refuses to engage with. Per her confessional, she and Tom have been friends since day one, are still friends, and will always be friends. Then in reference to Kristen, she says, I'm smarter than you, I'm prettier than you, I'm cooler than you, get the fuck over it. People often reference that line as being scathing, but I forgot how much harder she goes after that. She says Tom is doing Kristen a favor by dating her looks and personality-wise so she can see why she's insecure. Then Sheena goes, Obvi, she has mirrors in her house. Oof. Rough, rough, rough. Bad looks, Ariana and Sheena. But once again, things will make a little more sense after you watch the rest of the season. The following day, it's Ariana's first shift, and Tom is training her. Right off the bat, it's clear she and Tom have chemistry. In his confessional, he says Kristen's not a huge fan of Ariana, but she has nothing to be jealous about. They have a riveting combo about lychee martinis that made me wish I still drank. Except when I have thoughts like that, I'm like, I can actually get a non-alcoholic lychee drink at like 15 different places in walking distance, so actually, I don't wish I still drank. Ariana's grateful that Tom's training her, because he makes a killer drink. He warns her about how annoying it is to work with Jax and his lack of personal space, that his imitation seems like an excuse to touch her, frankly. This is not my first rodeo. He's excited she'll be working at Sir because he says she's chill, unlike the rest of the girls here. Normally, I'd be like, please save it. Please save the not like other girls shit. But we've seen the girls here are truly unchill, so I'll give him that one. Danny approaches them, and there's obvious tension. She's like, oh, you're, like, working here now, and Tom's training you? Fancy that. Tom's like, you'll be dealing with that a lot more if you're going to work here. In her confessional, Ariana says outright, I have never slept with Tom Sandoval, so she's going on record. Danny heads over to Stassi and Christina to stir the pot, demanding they look at Tom and Ariana and observe their banter. Stassi's deeply worried for Kristen. She thinks that if Tom has cheated on her with Ariana, it will really break her. So she tells them what Jax told her, but reiterates she doesn't really know if he can be believed. Then she remembers Sheena and Ariana are friends, so she's like, I can get it out of Sheena. Christina's like, just say you'll be your friend and you'll get whatever you want. So Stassi pulls Sheena into the back alley for rumor confirmation. Sheena maintains it's not true, but Stassi wants to get to the bottom of it for Kristen's sake. Sheena says she's asked Ariana incessantly to the point of Ariana being like, shut the fuck up, so she believes it didn't happen. She appreciates Stassi sticking up for her best friend, but says she's just doing the same for her own. 
Stasi says she feels the rumors are true, and if Sheena brought a cheating whore to this restaurant, shit's going to hit the fan. By the way, Kristen walks by them at a certain point, but doesn't join the conversation and is not privy to the topic. The next day, Stasi, Christina, Katie, and Kristen are out for lunch. We learn that everyone besides Christina has a whack sex life and that Katie is especially unfulfilled. Honestly, foreshadowing for the rest of the series. Regarding Jack, Stasi says she needs to break it off for good because she feels fake. Perfect passive-aggressive entry point for Kristen, who's like, oh, you feel fake, so why are you having cocktails with Sheena? Stasi's like, you have no idea what we're talking about, so stop. Kristen keeps pushing while Stasi tries to get her to stop, before finally being like, seriously, I was making sure that Tom and Ariana aren't fucking. Kristen just says, I know they're not. I'm not worried. Why should you be? Christina, who we've established doesn't even like Kristen, then inserts herself. She's like, Tom cheated, right? Wouldn't you be stressed if there was a rumor he cheated again? Kristen goes, we're having a good week and I'm trying to hold on to that, which is unbelievably depressing. Stasi says, don't complain to us again if it goes south. Perfect. Done. Kristen then starts yelling at both Stasi and Katie, prompting Stasi to kick her out. She stomps away, as we all hoped for. So that's where we leave our damsels in distress this week. I will be back next week for real, but in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at Botox Groupon, B-O-T-O-X-G-R-O-U-P-O-N, or the pod at Real Housewives of Neopia. You can also get bonus episodes on patreon.com slash Real Housewives of Neopia every Wednesday. And as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I'm currently covering Rock of Love Charm School, which is a great time. I'll see you guys very soon. I love you so much. Have a gorgeous weekend. Goodbye.